This is a shock podcast. Shock. Due to the discussions of murder, sexual activities and assault, listener discretion is advised, especially those under 13. The world is full of dangers and mysteries. Among them are the notorious serial killers who have terrorized and fascinated people for decades. How did they commit their crimes? How were they caught? But most importantly, what were their motives? Ah! Can You Solve It is a podcast that talks about notorious serial killers. This is Irdina Ishaq, your host for the series. Each week, you will join me in sharing stories of global cases that had happened, not to encourage murder, but to discuss ways on how it could have been better or much even prevented the murder. Hello, I'm Irdina Isha, and welcome to the first ever episode of Can You Solve It? With me today, there's Izwin Hanis, a true crime enthusiast. Hello, I am Izwin Hanis, accompanying Dina on her podcast. Without further ado, now we'll kickstart the series about Dennis Nelson, known as the Muswell Hill murderer, who would lure his victims back to his place, then strangle them to death the next day before doing some strange things to their bodies, which I will explain later. And he had taken the lives of at least 15 young men in the late 1970s up to the early 1980s. Before we go deeper, our listeners should know that the reason why this podcast is called Can you solve it? It is actually for the listeners to guess the killer's motives at the end of the story and see if you, the person listening, right now could get it right on your own. Now, let's start. Mm-hmm. Dennis Nelson was born on 23rd November 1945 in Fraserburgh, Scotland. He, by the way, he had already died in May 2018 due to internal bleeding. So it was a natural cause. But from what I read, it was actually a painful death as quoted by his cellmates in prison. So he killed 15 people. And though the number 15 itself is already huge because he's a serial killer. But what exactly made him earn the title of being a notorious one? What is so bizarre with him? For this, just remember these four things. Burn, boil, chop, flush. I will explain everything. Uh-huh. Flushing it. That's um yeah. That's okay. That's a that's a rare occasion. Okay. Not every killer does that. Mm-hmm. So I will explain everything from A to Z. So be sure to tune in till the very end. On the day that Dennis Nelson was caught, on the day that people grew suspicious of him, the reason for his own downfall was actually due to a blocked toilet, which had led to a plumber to check the drains beneath the house. So usually, if something is blocked. It wouldn't trigger anything alarming. Mm-hmm. Like nobody would grow suspicious of anything because sometimes it does happen. But do note that this issue had happened multiple times before for the residents in number twenty-three Cranley Gardens. Mm-hmm. In number twenty-three Cranley Gardens, so like there were six of them living there altogether, with Nelson staying at the top floor. And there was an engineer 
who had cleared the toilet previously. But he did remark that he had never smelled such a bad smell oh. in an apartment before in his yeah. life. An yeah. experienced dude. Ugh. I think that probably the engineer thought like uh, maybe someone just ate something, something Possibly, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, even after the engineer had fixed it, yet still the lavatories continued to block. So, when that plumber decided to look down in the drains beneath the house on Saturday morning, he saw what he knew shouldn't be there. He observed what he said looked like some butcher had prepared meat and a few bones. In other words, he discovered that what was blocking the toilets was actually human flesh. Oh, human flesh. I can't imagine that sight of just seeing... Yeah, I mean, it's no longer a secret to us Me, that, right? Yeah, he's flushing down human flesh. Mm. Due to this discovery, Peter G, he's a detective chief inspector, he was called for this case. And when he was called, he was shown four little pieces of flesh, each about an inch, maybe an inch, and also three bones with a knuckle at each hand. And of course, his first thought upon seeing them was that they were from a human hand. Mm-hmm. And the drains... They were blocked over halfway up the building. So they knew at the time that the blockage was originating from the very top. And of course, oh. uh, and of course, as mentioned earlier, the tenant of the top flat was none other than Dennis Andrew Nielsen, mm. who at the time was a sketchy man. Who at the time was a 37-year-old executive officer at a nearby job center who was due to return from work at 5:30 a.m. So he wasn't there. But then, the detective, he had to do his job. So he went on to investigate. The first thing that caught him upon reaching Nelson's flat was the smell of decomposing flesh. And this detective also said that when he initially talked to Dennis, Dennis was trying to mess around with them. When the police said, I want to talk to you regarding the block toilet. And then Nelson replied, Well, since when have police been interested in block drains? And then when the detective no longer wanted to hide his intentions, like cut straight to the chase. Yeah. And then he said, I'm here because your drains were blocked with human remains. Then Dennis went, oh my God, how awful. Until the detective had to say, don't mess me about, where's the rest of the body? And that's when Dennis finally, finally said, in plastic bags in the other room. Uh. Okay. So later, it was revealed that in Nelson's wardrobes were two black plastic bags and several air fresheners. So it, it must have really rigged to the extent that air fresheners were needed or else who knew maybe people would have caught him earlier. Yeah, but I don't think air fresheners would work. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't work. I don't work. think so. Just to save his ass a little yeah, longer. Yeah, try, try, try his best. Just to save himself a little longer, my word. And the bags contain dismembered body parts and two severed heads. And then, in a tea chest, was found another torso, bones and a skull. Then under a drawer in the bathroom, there were legs and a pelvis. And it constituted the remains of three men. This wasn't the only crime that he did. And this wasn't the only place that he did his crimes. Before Dennis Nelson moved on to live at Cranny Gardens, he had lived at Melrose Avenue. And while living at Melrose Avenue, Dennis Nelson had picked up and strangled 12 young men to death, including his first ever murder. And you know what they say about first murder, Iswin? What? What about first murder? Okay, it is always said that the first murder is the revealing murder. It tells more about the murderer? 
Yeah, it okay. tells more about the murderer because okay. that that's the very beginning, right? Mm. And they're serial killers, so that's that's where it really reveals what they're all about, mm-hmm. who they are. So about Dennis Nelson, the thing that is revealed is that when he first killed his victim, and that was on 1979, by the way, he had woken up next to a guy who he had met from a pub mm. last night. So he woke up and he saw this guy next to him. And the first thing that came across his mind was to strangle him to death. Like, he took a tie, wrapped it around the boy's neck, and pulled. And it was at this point where he became astonished at his strength. Like, oh. he never knew that he was actually a strong man. Wow. Okay. He, he never knew that. And from then on, he... Oh, he felt like, I could actually live my darkest fantasies. Because I actually had the strength. Once the murder had occurred, and Nilsson had before him a corpse, he then, in a very peculiar fashion looked after the cops. And I know this is up for the listeners to guess what his real motives are, but this is actually a big hint of mm. why he's committing the crimes. Okay, then he would run a bath, he would bathe his victim. Like he would bathe the body. Wait, yeah. Every single victim? Every single <gasps> every single victim. Wow. He would do that. He would the bathe effort. it. Yeah. Yes, he's a very particular man by the way. Interesting. Yeah. And this is not uh, a rare occasion for serial killers. Like this is a trait that most of like, them have. Care? Not care, but like very particular uh, in the things that they do. Okay, okay. Okay. So like after cleaning the bodies, he would then make it com- he would then make them comfortable. Like so if he killed a victim, he would make it comfortable, he would dry it, put it into bed then put it into an armchair. Nilsson would then live with the cops for a week and then he would place the naked body under the floorboards where it remained for almost eight months. So it's like after he was done living with them when they were dead and he felt like, okay, you know what? I couldn't see you anymore. I I, I don't want to see you here anymore. So I will place you under my floorboards. Mm-hmm. But then when it started to reek, like, you know, it will, yeah, yeah the, the flash yeah, and all that. So he had to dispose the body, right? Mm-hmm. And the way he did that, when he was at Melrose Avenue, because he had access to the garden, mm-hmm. he would actually burn the body. Okay. So he would burn the body. And the thing about that is that back then, uh, he had neighbors all mm-hmm. around. So when he actually, so when he lit up the body or whatever, so there was like a fire. Mm-hmm. And people didn't know like what was his burning, right? What he was burning. The children in that neighborhood would actually come around and they would dance around the fire. They didn't know. They just thought that it was fun. Very twisted, dark. I know. I hope the kids that know but then is now like aren't traumatized. I hope they don't know though. No one tells them what actually oh yeah I hope so yeah they're like in their 40s now in other occasions the thing with him is that he's caring for these bodies right I would say that he's a bit of a narcissistic person yeah like he's very self-absorbed self-obsessed another thing about Dennis is that he also loves listening to music oh I didn't he loves listening to music because see the thing is about music they can't talk back to you yeah you just like you know you listen and at one point they end yeah so there's something about Dennis here he when he speaks to another person it's always about him 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 and not anyone else and if he's talking you thought he was talking to you but he's actually talking to himself 
Oh, okay. That's why he, I'm guessing, he enjoys the company of a dead person. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of a film that Ryan Gosling was in. I think the partner passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he, no, not a murderer or anything, or wasn't like a psychopath. The partner passed away, and then uh, he actually bought a doll, like a human-sized doll, mm-hmm. to hang out with and take care of. Oh, like bring her around, feed her, okay. take care of her. Okay, maybe it's the same thing, but like that's obviously fictional. But it could be an inspiration from this series, right? I oh, mean, from from Daniel Snellson, right? Ooh, yeah. Like what you said, he just wanted a company, mm-hmm. and he wanted people to listen to him. He really needed a listening ear. Doesn't matter if that person is alive or dead, as long as he felt like he was listened to. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like the neighbors, because mm-hmm. like he lives on the top floor, puts it under the floorboard. Oh no! So when he was at the top floor, that one is a different place. Okay. That one was in Cranley Gardens. Cranley Gardens. So that's why he had to actually chop the body up because he couldn't store them under uh, the floorboards. That uh, and the one under the floorboards was Manslow. Melrose Avenue. Melrose Avenue. Melrose Avenue. Yeah, he did all these killing. You know, he has two serial killer names. What is it? It's a uh, well, not name like obviously the the Cranley murders and then Maswell. Maswell. Yeah, Maswell. Yeah, Maswell Hill murder and also Kindly Killer actually. Oh my god! Because he he would act like a good Samaritan. And that's how he actually picked up this young man. Oh my god, he was actually a cop for a while. He was he like was. a what, what do they call them? Like the deadbeat cop, like the ones in uniform. Oh, for a few months, and I realized it wasn't. Was he in the military? I don't think so. He was in army catering cops. That's where he actually learned the butchering skills. The thing is, is uh, I um okay. There is a show, but I never finished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the portrayal by the actor of Dennis is very much like him. Very oh, like boasting. Oh, very much like I want to like oh, I can kill people. Ah, oh, okay. And then it's um, I don't know if you know this, but when they caught him, mm-hmm. he was like telling the authorities the number of people that he killed, but they only charged him with like I think six. Like, yeah, like do you know that like serial killers like Dennis was like trying basically when he got caught like brought them into uh the interrogation room and he straight away was like telling them all about his murders mm-hmm. the thing is they couldn't find a lot of the bodies as well like he claimed to have killed more but he was only charged with the not all because they couldn't find a body this is a future tease but yes another similar serial killer will do that too is that they boast about their killings and yeah is there something wrong with their heads or something you no, know I don't they, know they I think they actually want to be in power yeah, yeah, you're right. The strength thing. I didn't think that's uh, something. Uh, they they wanted to be in control, so mm-hmm. that's the way they show their control by killing people and boasting about how many people they actually killed, as if that's a good thing. The thing is, he's like he's he knows he talks to these people. <gasps> they have interacted with them, you know. Anyway, back to you, Dina. Okay, so now we will reveal the motives of Dennis Nelson murdering 15 young men. So, if anything, it's always very common for us to look back at the root problem. Like, why is a person behaving a certain way? So, for Dennis Nelson, he didn't exactly have a good childhood Mm -hmm. because at a very young age, maybe when he was four, his parents were divorced Mm -hmm. and his mother had to bring him and his siblings to live with their grandfather, his mother's father. Mm -hmm. The only good thing at the time for Dennis was his relationship with his grandfather. He didn't have a male figure around that could guide him or support him or bring 
bring him joy because his mother was busy obviously having to handle three kids and Dennis mm-hmm. was the middle child by the way the only figure that really mattered to him was actually his grandfather but the thing is I mean they always fish together they do things practically everything together but then it's normal for his grandfather to like be away for several days or so usually when his grandfather returned he would know he would know about it but then this one day his mother was saying to him like do you want to see your granddad and Nelson didn't know what context his mother meant yeah so he was like oh yeah he's back like I want to see him I didn't know he was here yeah but then his mother led him to the kitchen and on top of the kitchen countertop I think there was a long like basket and in it was his grandfather so his grandfather had actually passed away traumatizing man and and his mother made it sound like Oh. You want to see your granddad? Yeah, do you want to like hang out with him? Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, in a way, that at the time was his mother's fault because she didn't warn him yeah. of what he should be expecting to see. And when he was like, he saw his grandfather and his grandfather was naked too. Like he could see his dead naked corpse. Mm-hmm. And it was at that time when he started to kind of like fuse the idea of death and love together. Mm. Because he loved his grandfather dearly. Yeah. And then he was dead. And on top of that, his mother actually said, "Your granddad's had gone to a better place." So maybe yeah, he wants like all these people that he kills to go to a better place. <laughs> Too dark. So yeah, he started to fuse that idea together like, okay, love and death mixes well. And then this other thing about Dennis is that he is actually gay. So that's something that's why his victims are all men. Mhm. And he actually picked up these people from a pub. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Dennis is he wants company. He really wants company and he wants people to stay, but it seems as if the people he loves always leave him like grandfather the grandfather mm. passed away and his father his father was you know somewhere far away yeah and then there was also this one person in Dennis's life what was he called do you do you know i cannot remember the person, but yeah, the he, person living with yeah, Dennis he had a partner he had yeah. a partner but like it was more of like roommates yeah, roommate housemates kind of thing, right? yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't sexual because that person didn't say they had a sexual thing yeah Dennis actually cared for the person because he obviously didn't kill him he's still mm. alive but when the person started leaving him that was the moment when Dennis really started to murder people mm. and up to 15 too because all he really wanted was someone to stay to be there with him but they don't yeah So the only way stopping them from leaving him is by killing them. And that's why he began to store them under the floorboards because they will always be there and he will only dump them when he was done with them. Mm-hmm. So that in hand actually made him felt powerful. He was in control for the first time and for how many more times we don't know until the cops eventually stopped him. Mm-hmm. To summarize everybody, he actually killed people because he was lonely and he needed company. <laughs> That's really twisted if you like no one I think everyone gets lonely but no one really like does something as atrocious as that for company. Yeah. I mean, well the thing is if we talk about loneliness, we can understand that and if we want company, we can understand that. But there's always something that we always and that is we always have to look back at ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if someone was leaving us, we have to understand the real reason why. I mean, if people die, that's something that we cannot fight because yeah. it will eventually happen. It will happen to everybody. And if someone leaves us because of our bad behavior, then we have to look back on our behavior that we need to fix. Say for example, Dennis here, he's very self-obsessed. So, how do you fix yourself? 
Yeah. You know, make sure you pay attention to everybody, the person you love. Make sure to not ruin their mood by being too obsessed with yourself. Stuff like that. So all in all, that's about it with Dennis Nelson. He had killed 15 young men and he was known as the kindly killer, pretending to act as a good Samaritan, but eventually strangled people to death the next day. And he also actually allowed people to live that were like four people. Mm, that left, yeah. Mm. Heard about that. Yeah, but like, that's it. So the lesson learned here is to... Be careful with who you meet. Don't just go into their house on their like first time you see them. Yes, that is true. Because the thing is, these killers, they also know who to attack. Yeah. They know vulnerable people. Yeah, Yeah. because these men were also homeless, right? Yeah, like some of them were homeless dropouts and they came to London in hopes that there would be jobs for them yeah. opportunities oh yeah and he worked at a job center too I mean his victims weren't from there but you know yeah he took them he took their lives because he knew nobody would search for them so just be careful everybody that's it for this week stay tuned for next week's episode we'll see you soon <laughs>